Welcome to Staying in the Black, a show about teachers and money. I'm Miss Black, a New York City educator, single mom, and personal finance translator. Join me as I build my runway to retirement. Each week, we'll share actionable steps, resources, and inspiration that educators can use to maximize their benefits and improve their personal finances. Staying in the Black means having more assets than liabilities and being able to pay off your debt without any problems. Stop living paycheck to paycheck and build a joyful life. Thank you for joining me. Hello and welcome to another episode of Staying in the Black. I'm Ms. Black, your host, and today we are going to speak about budgeting versus spending plans. So in the past, I've used the terms budgeting and spending plan interchangeably. But while I was away, um, I read an interesting blog about the differences between budgeting and a budget and a spending plan. Um, Oftentimes when people speak about budgeting, they're like, you know, a a budget is not restrictive. It's just really about deciding where your money is going to go and highlighting those categories. And so maybe changing the word from budgeting to spending plan really will change your mindset on what you're doing and, you know, encourage people to use the terms interchangeably. But as you know, last year, I tried to engage in um, zero-based budgeting, which meant you assigned a, a job to every dollar that you had. So you made sure that you spent all of your money even on happy things or joy or things that brought you joy, but you accounted for it by saying, okay, we're coming up on the first of the month. How much money am I going to spend, you know, on my rent, um, on groceries, on gas for the car, if I pay my car insurance, you know, monthly, like some of those costs are fixed and some of those costs are variable. And throughout last year, I was really honest and transparent that I felt like I was failing with this zero-based budget because something, it would always change. I would go over on one category or underspend on another category. And I was getting really frustrated because I was attempting to budget because I've also been very transparent that I'm not good at it. It doesn't bring me joy. And I'm at a point in my life that if it doesn't bring me joy, I probably avoid it at all costs because I don't want to do it. However, without this budget, I've been successful financially. So people are like, well, how can you, you know, how can that be? And what I discovered is I automate a lot of my spending. And that automation gives me freedom, which then allows me, instead of using a budget, using a spending plan. And so if you want the, you know, the traditional, you know, thought behind a budget, 
Budgets require detailed tracking. And then spending plans provide flexibility as it offers more of a snapshot in a moment, um, a glance in time of current spending. So in the budget, you know, you plan it out, you see how much you're going to spend in each category, and then you go back and you compare whether or not you have truly spent what you projected you would spend. And if you go over in a category, what we know is that your your sometimes your account makes up for it, right? Because you spent more on groceries, but less on clothing. Sometimes it balances out. Sometimes you go over in both of your variable categories and you end up using your credit card, something you don't want to do. You want to be mindful and think about how you're spending. And so with the zero-based budgeting that I attempted last year, it was like, you know, Every You have to give every dollar a job and know how much you're spending. But even with the zero-based budgeting, sometimes if you go over in one category, you make it up in another category, and then you adjust the next time you spend so that you kind of keep check of where your money is. But in my experience, mentally going over, because nobody really, I wasn't sad when I was under in a spending category, but going over made me feel bad. It made me, it stressed me out. I couldn't, you know, why did I go over? You know, what happened to make me, and all good questions to ask yourself when you're trying to get a handle on your finances, like how much are you spending and why? But who wants to sit down at the end of the month every day and every month and feel that way? Or if you're checking your your spending weekly, you know, this for me, it, it, it didn't work and it didn't feel good and I didn't want to do it. So when you are thinking about engaging in a spending plan, the automation is key. It is key. So spending plans aren't necessarily best for people. Well, I'm going to say it's not the word necessary is needs to be removed. Spending plans are not for people who frequently overspend what they have in total. Trying to get your spending in, you know, in order, you probably want to do a budget. You want to review it regularly so that you're kind of reflecting and having questions with, you know, how and why you're spending your money. When you have a handle on your spending, like you're, you know, you stay within your your means, meaning that you aren't using your credit card and trying to figure out how you're going to pay it off at the end of the month, those sorts of things, then a spending plan may be what you need if the, you know, monthly budgeting isn't working. So how do you use a spending plan? The key is automation, right? But you need, and in that automation, you need to decide what is your monthly take-home pay? So not what your gross salary is, but your net salary. So what are you bringing home on a monthly basis? From that, you're going to subtract, subtract 
your fixed expenses. So fixed expenses are things like your rent or your mortgage. If you have balance billing, and balance billing is kind of when you connect, you contact your utility company and you say, hey, how much money did I spend last year? How much would this cost per month? And most utility companies will put you on a balance bill billing plan. What that looks like is, um, for example, I have Con Ed with Con Ed. I'm on a balance billing of $130 a month. I don't generally spend that much. And so generally in June or July, they send me back a check. So someone could sit there and say like, oh, you could have invested that money. Why would you loan that money to them? Well, it just means that when I turn on my air conditioner in the summer, I don't worry about it because they've been tracking my electric use um, for a year. And that includes when I turn on my air conditioner in the summer or sometimes when I feel like I'm extra cold and I turn on a heater, um, you know, a little space heater in the winter. All of that is tabulated because that's my yearly um, expense on my Con Ed bill. And so they factored $130 a month and then that's what it is. And I've never had this happen, but sometimes you get to June and July, June or July and you're short a bit and they're saying, okay, now you paid the $130, but this year you went over and so you owe us this amount to bring your account current and you pay that amount. And I felt comfortable doing that because I lived in the house for so long um, and all the people who lived in the house lived here for so long that it just made sense. And what I mean by that is like, I live in a a two-family house, but we use it as one house. And so having three kids running up and down the stairs, as well as leaving lights, every light possible on, once my niece was old enough to flick the light switches, I felt like, okay, I can ask for this balanced billing. Um, And it's been pretty good for me. So having your fixed bills, meaning your mortgage, your utility, if you can get them on balance, uh, your insurance. I even include my savings is automated and count that into my fixed uh, bills because I want to make sure that I'm putting money in my emergency fund or in my sinking funds on a regular basis. Once you know those fixed, those fixed amounts, you subtract them from your net income. And then what is left over is your discretionary income. Meaning you can choose to spend that money however you choose. Now, if you are a family that grocery shops regularly, you know, regularly and you know on average your grocery bill is going to be a certain amount of money, You can set that aside as well. I am not one of those people. So groceries come out of my discretionary fund because sometimes I will go to the grocery store and sometimes I will do a food delivery service or, 
you know, order out on my pick up something on the way home. I know it's not the healthiest thing, but don't judge me. That's how I live my life. So out of those discretionary funds. And so what that looks like is I know whatever is in my account on the 17th of the month is my money to spend however I choose to spend it. All of my fixed expenses come out of my first and some of my second check for the month. And then whatever I have for the seven, for after the 17th must last me from the 17th to the 17th. So don't get fixed into this, like, how does that work? That's halfway of the month. My month, my discretionary spending happens between the 17th of the month to the 17th of the next month. I don't let the calendar really um, mess with how I spend my money other than knowing when all my due dates are for my fixed in, for my fixed expenses that I pay directly out of my checking account. And then whatever's left over at the 17th of the month, I make work between then until the 17th of the next month happens. Now, if you're using a budget, you have delineated everything for not only your fixed experience expenses, but also your variable expenses. And then you have to stay within those boxes. Meaning if you're, if you use like the envelope system or some other way of tracking those categories with a budget, you wouldn't necessarily take you know, this month we, you know, we usually budget $300 for groceries, but this month I only, you know, had 250, uh, the grocery bill only came up to $250. So I'm going to take that 50 extra dollars and go to the $50 left over and go to the movies. That's not how our budget generally works. You know, it's kind of like, well, then you're just going to roll that $50 that you saved this month into next month's budget. That's great if you, you know, go under, but then over, so you're spending and you're spending and you're like, wait, I went over on the groceries. Now you got to go through and figure out where can you take the overage? You feel like, at least I felt bad about it. Um, And it wasn't, you know, conducive to how I shop and how I think about using my money. Sometimes I want to be spontaneous. The other thing, you know, I don't want to to have to go and check and see. I just know like I have this money in my account and this is what I want to do at this time. And as long as I'm able to pay cash for it, um, I'm good to go. And so I can look back. Now I do, even with my spending plan, go back and kind of see like, okay, how much am I averaging spending here, here? And I could almost draft a budget from that, but I don't feel confined. I don't feel um, restricted by checking and making sure that I you know, didn't go over or that I stayed within what I've allotted myself for said category. So spending plans allow you the control of your money 
for every single month. They also help you realize when your purchases change and expenses vary from month to month. So it's not one size fit all. And it you don't feel guilty about it. You just kind of like, I choose to spend my money. I've chosen to spend my money here this month. I may not choose, or this may not be an option for me to spend my money here next month. With inflation, my experience with my spending plan is that I was realizing that my money, it was tough for my money to last me to the 17th of the month. And I really had to sit down and look and say, okay, what am I spending on and why? I didn't feel restricted where I knew that gas had gone up. And since I eat out, the amount of money that I was spending at lunchtime went up because all of these fast food restaurants, the prices went up. And so in looking at my spending plan, I had to then say, okay, how much are you spending on lunch a day? Let's try and set a limit or nice cap on it so that you don't go over. How often are you driving? Is there a way to adjust that because your money is, you know, there was more month left at the end of the money than um, than the money. That wasn't a good thing. So the benefits is of a spending plan for me versus a budget is, one, there's a clear difference between my wants and my needs. When I use a spending plan, my fixed my needs are always accounted for first. There's no question. There's no thought. I don't rob Peter to pay Paul. The things that I need to function in life, mainly household, meaning my mortgage, all of my utilities, and my savings are addressed in a spending plan because they are automated. They go out. There's no question, there's no thought about them. And then when it gets to the spending plan, it's like these are wants and they're going to fluctuate and I can make the decision and be in control over whether or not I choose to spend on them. So you also are clear on how much discretionary funds you have for those people who are like, I can't save money. No, look at your discretionary funds. You've taken care of all your necessities, like the things that you need to live life. Now you decide and you can make the choice whether you want to, or in my case, do I want to eat out this Friday or do I want to pack lunch this Friday because I want to buy a dress, you know, in a couple of weeks. Who knows? But I'm making the choice because this is discretionary funds. Or do I want to start another savings fund for something that I want, you know, later? So those really having the spending plan and making sure that your fixed needs are taken care of really give you the opportunity to examine what you're doing with your discretionary funds. 
It also allows you to see how you're spending money and where you want to cut back if you like or if something inspires you to even earn more. So you may say, you know, life is great, but I really want to incorporate a massage, a weekly or a monthly massage in. So how do I rearrange my discretionary funds to allow that to happen and not... I've gone over and so now I have to cut stuff. It's really a choice and really helps you monitor your behavior around money. And you'll be able to see how economics is affecting your spending and plan accordingly, especially with inflation. And I felt a slight ease with it going down, but things are definitely more expensive than they used to. I mean, let's talk about, we won't even talk about the eggs. And then... The thing that I love the most about the spending plan is I don't have to meticulously track my money and I don't feel any shame about overspending in any category. I look at it, I review it before I make a purchase. I can jump on, you know, one of my apps, as you know, Mint is one of my favorite apps And I can just look and be like, oh, or even I can jump on my banking app and say, oh, I have the money. I can afford to do this because I know that my fixed things are taken care of. And this is a choice on whether I choose to spend my money on one thing versus another. So that's the difference between a budget and a spending plan. So from today forward, I will not use those terms interchangeably. I will always refer you back to this episode to understand the difference between a spending plan and a budget. And if you want to hear more about some of my budgeting um, experiences, you can listen to episode 52. So thank you. Oh, I always have to say, what's the highest leverage step? So the highest leverage step is really sitting down and figuring out, do you need a budget or would a spending plan work for you? One isn't better than the other. It's really about what works best for you and your circumstance. Because as I always say, personal finance is personal. Some people must know every penny that's coming in and out of a category in their account. I, on the other hand, need the flexibility and don't want to deal with the meticulous knowing where every penny goes. This leads us to next week's episode where I will compare digit or opportune because digit the digit app is chain has been purchased by another company so the digit app is a savings app that also works better with my spending plan versus a strict budget and so i'm saying we're going to look at uh, digit who's now known as opportune versus capital which is another savings app and you know me i'm a squirrel i hide money everywhere. And so we will look at the differences between both apps. I think at this point, I've probably been with 
digit for about eight years. I can't believe time has gone that quickly. And I've been with Capital at least for six years. And so next week we'll talk about those two and how they work with a budget, how they impact budget versus spending plan. So thank you for listening. Remember, stay in the black. Thank you for joining us this week at Staying in the Black. Subscribe to make sure you never miss a show and visit our website at stayingintheblk.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at stayingintheblk. If you like the show, please tell a friend and leave a review in iTunes so that we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Thank you for listening. See you next week when...